Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto News Podcast. It's your host, Matt Zahab. We have a fellow Canadian on the show today. He's back for round two of the Crypto News Pod. I believe he joined us last about 10 months ago, maybe nine months ago, back in April or May of 2021. This is Tim Boucher, a Canadian digital artist and author that's helping other writers and artists move their work to the blockchain. Tim is the owner of Lost Books, an indie blockchain publishing company in Quebec, Canada. He's also a former content moderator and counter disinformation researcher for a major social media platform and has advised companies, nonprofits, and governments on related issues. Without further ado, I'm very pleased to welcome Tim Boucher to the Crypto News Pod. Tim, thanks all for coming back on. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me again. What is life like right now in beautiful Quebec, Canada? It is probably cold by normal people standards, but warm for Canadian standards. It's above freezing, um, which is exciting. Um, and uh, I had a really great response last time from our uh, conversation and, and thought it'd be a good moment for an update. I love that. That was uh, that was a very enlightening combo we had last time. Yeah. I wasn't too deep into the NFT space. And candidly, I guess you weren't really too deep into it as well. Mind you, you were, you were on your way to becoming an expert. Um, and now you're definitely a chiseled vet. And just NFTs are so interesting. I have, you know, so many... Oh, just uh, different loves uh, for NFTs. They have so many use cases and how they're going to really take over our world over the next coming years. But your bread and butter is with minting books as NFTs. Right. Instead of going the traditional publishing route where the publisher rents and repeats and, you know, and takes all the IP and everything else, the whole nine yards, you pretty much own everything. And that, and that's a really, that's a really cool aspect of NFT. So I guess we'll kick it off. And the first question I'd love to ask you, Tim, is what has really changed and what have you learned in the last year of experimenting with NFTs? Yeah, so I've been doing uh, NFTs for a little over a year, but it's really about February uh, 14th, Valentine's Day, I think around there last year that it, they really exploded. And I was a part of that early on um, as a visual artist doing a bunch of experimental stuff, but especially like pixel art. Um, things like that, doing portraits of other artists. Um, and then after that, I, I got interested to transition the, the digital uh, book stuff that I've been doing, like ebooks and, and uh, print books, to try to figure out how to connect those to NFTs. And that's what our, our last conversation was really about. Um, and at that time, I was using Ethereum, which I think most everybody was using kind of at, at the beginning. And I think this is really one of the biggest things that's changed is that now there's a lot of other options, um, whether you're on Polygon or Tezos or Solana, Terra, you know, there, there's a million different, different um, chains and platforms now. So I think the, the opportunity has exploded because now you can kind of make a solution that fits maybe better for, for you and what your goals are and what you want to do as an artist or creator, um, rather than having to try to shoehorn um, completely into a system that you know maybe it's maybe it's not yours. So that's what I'm trying to figure out um, how to how to help artists and authors uh, just find ways to to make that system that works for them using what's available and, and kind of like pointing towards what could be better in the ecosystem. You know, like what kind of products could be better, what kind of improvements could be made. So walk me through the pros and cons of, you know, I guess the most 
common would probably be Ethereum versus Polygon. And uh, yeah. obviously Ethereum is ETH and Polygon is Matic. There's a bunch of different ones. Right. They're about to pop off. You mentioned Tezos. You have um, you have the AVAX system. You have the Harmony blockchain yep. in one, which is really making moves as well. So there's tons of coins and ecosystems and blockchains that are really trying to make waves. But um, yeah. I'd love if we could start by just sort of giving the pros and cons of using Ethereum versus Polygon. Sure. And, and for me, the simplest, most basic one is just the cost. Um, because if you're doing transactions on Ethereum, you're paying the Ethereum network gas fees, which depending when you hit it, it could be anywhere from like $50 to $200 for a transaction. And uh, if you're selling huge amounts, you know, like maybe that's fine for you um, to, to lose those fees. But for kind of normal artists who are scraping by or just trying something out for the first time, that doesn't really make sense. Um, so... Polygon is great because it's a layer two blockchain that's built on top of Ethereum and it eliminates these costly uh, Ethereum network gas fees. It has its own separate gas fee, but it's usually like one or two cents um, for a transaction. So that's, that's a major thing right there. The second level would be energy uses. I think because Polygon is a Layer two, it's not as um, energy intensive as the Ethereum mainnet. Um, so those are the two biggest ones. I think, like, really, anybody who wants to get into this could use any um, blockchain that has low or no fees, and that's going to be your best bet. Because until you really know what you're doing, it doesn't make sense to get into these kind of like costly transaction fees when you're not sure if you're even going to make the sale. Uh, in the first place. So what I've really done the most in in the past year is switching from Ethereum to Polygon uh, as it became available on OpenSea. And I guess as we're speaking about sort of mean of transactions, you've also dabbled uh, with Gumroad, which is yeah. a way for your consumers. Well, I, I guess I don't think you're really selling the books on Gumroad, but you're selling the the how to mint your books as NFTs, how to sell your books right. as NFTs sort of sort of route, which is really cool. And for those at home, Gumroad is a um, it's sort of like a you know a, a marketplace where you can go on and sell guides, PDFs, uh, your services, whatever the case may be. They take a very small percentage, less than almost all the other you know competitors out there. Um, and and the the uh, the artist or a writer gets gets to keep everything themselves. Yeah, and they're they're a cool platform to me too because they're really dedicated to having creators succeed. Um, there was a, an article that their author had published, uh, I don't want to say a year or two ago, um, that the founder was talking about basically like returning um, investment money because they felt that they couldn't scale in the way that Silicon Valley investors wanted and still maintain the quality uh, service delivery to to creators. So they've just like opted um, instead to really deliver a good product that's that's easy to use and that it's not like ripping creators off. Um, but the way that I use Gumroad is actually on, on both sides. I use it for just regular delivery of, of digital files. Um, and you can do that through the shopping cart, uh, uh, where you just you know you set your price for your your ebook or whatever it is you want to sell if it's a bundle of files, um, and then also you can do like download uh, coupons. So what I do is I create um, custom 
coupon codes that I use to track across different channels of where I'm delivering them. Um, and then, so there's something to know about OpenSea um, that if you're going to get into publishing ebooks, there's there's sort of a an issue here because OpenSea natively doesn't support any ebook files. You know, you can't upload a PDF in EPUB or Mobi, which is the file formats that I'm mostly using. Um, so and just, what, just jumping yeah, in, here, that's for yep. Kindle most of the time. Mobi is, yeah. Uh, I yeah, think okay. EPUB is is more general purpose. I think it's like across a bunch of different devices. Um, so what I do is I, I create, you know, I create the basically the, the product page for the book uh, at the ebook part of it anyway. Um, I create uh, the download codes or or whatever. I'm going to. It could be a discount code also, um, but I do like 100 percent off download codes. And then I stick that into the NFT's uh, unlockable content. So basically, like when someone owns the NFT, they can click on the unlockable section, and then they get the download code uh, for the Gumroad download, which is where I, I manage the files themselves, uh, the hosting, and I I can get payment there if I if I'm selling files separately. Um, so it's kind of like multi-purpose, and also when you have someone who downloads the book. Um, it captures their email address, so you can use that for a newsletter or, or you know whatever whatever your your marketing system is. Uh, it's flexible. You can just like export the email addresses that you get that way. Um, so there's there's kind of a a way to turn around this fact that OpenSea doesn't natively support files by getting the added benefit of being able to track more of your downloads and being able to get um, email addresses of people. Uh, who end up downloading it? Owning your not just your IP, but owning your sort of marketing mediums is such a undervalued aspect of really just marketing one on one. Is you know, yeah, everyone's getting yeah. canceled left, right, and center now, and and people are getting deplatformed. It's like email is one of the few, if not heck, probably the only marketing medium that is still one hundred percent owned by the user. Well, I guess you know Google, if unless Google or Microsoft or or one of the big. Servers went down, but otherwise, it's it's one of the few that you still own. But um, yeah. going back to the unlockable content that you just mentioned, yeah. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to be like, "Tim, what the heck does that mean?" Uh, and that's a great question. Can you <laughs> sure, talk yeah. about how you code that into the smart contract? Uh, well, I don't actually touch the smart contract. This is this is something that I think um, if you get to be a, a more advanced crypto user, getting into the smart contract programming um, and really understanding how they work. Could become very important for you, but I think if you're just a regular user, especially someone starting out, uh, the best thing to, to do is probably just to use a service like OpenSea or, or any or somewhat somewhere else. I just use them because they support Polygon really, um, and they're they're like a, a very battle tested platform at this point. They've they've had huge traffic, uh, huge volume of sales, so they have the smart contract. All I do is when I create the the NFT. When you create an NFT on, on OpenSea or on Rarible or anywhere, usually it's just like if you were going to post a, a, a post on social media. You know, you're just like filling in some fields, um, and one of those fields is unlockable content. Um, what unlockable content refers to is if you're not the owner of the NFT because you have the your MetaMask wallet or whatever installed in your browser, and when you visit that page, it will detect whether or not you're the owner if you're signed into OpenSea or, or the whatever platform. Um, so, if you're not the owner, you can't see the unlockable content. But if your wallet that you're signed in with is the owner, uh, 
you're able to see whatever it is that you put into this kind of hidden block of unlockable content. And on OpenSea, there's a restriction in that you can only put uh, text into their unlockable content. Um, and that's sort of the reason that I end up using uh, download codes. Plus, there's a lot of other benefits of like having a separate good storage system for the files when you're delivering those to but I know there is there's at least one other platform that I've heard of. Um, Mintbase, I believe, allows you to upload any file type or maybe even a zip file uh, as part of their unlockable content. I never got really into that platform. When I tried it out, it was really early and it didn't work quite the way that I wanted. Um, I think they use Ethereum blockchain and maybe Near uh, at this point. I've not gotten into Near, but I've heard good things about it. So maybe they've made some improvements since I've, I've looked last time. But I stick with OpenSea just because it's got a huge user base. Um, like I said, it's it's been around for a while at this point, and it's one of the biggest platforms out there, and it supports Polygon, and I've had really good success with Polygon. So It's pretty crazy how OpenSea is valued at, what, like $15, 20000000000 billion now, and they still crash twice a day. Like, oh, it's... You know, it's I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a techie. I'm not no, a techie by any means, but you know, if yeah. I owned a $20 billion company, I'd tell you for free that I'd be hiring a thousand developers <laughs> and I'd be, you know, yeah. moving the servers to Antarctica and, and making yeah, sure you yeah. know, it didn't go down, but it, it's crazy. I, I really don't understand why it's still happening. No, I know. And I've seen this too. And it's, um, you know, on the one hand, I, I'm always telling people just, just use OpenSea because it's, it's easier than a lot of other methods. But there are a lot of bugs, um, and it's it's really common that you're going to run into snags, and there's going to be some problem. And you got to be you got to be careful because, like, even sometimes on OpenSea, I've seen that um, if you're working on the Polygon blockchain, actually with OpenSea, it seems that they subsidize the fee for your Polygon transaction um, because, like, when you when you pay in MetaMask, normally there's like a it tells you how much you're paying, and you you click accept or reject, but when you sign um, like a transfer, for example, in Polygon, you're just signing it, which leads me to believe that they are subsidizing the fee. And if you go to the Polygon scan record, which is like EtherScan, it's like a record of the transaction after you've made a transfer or a sale. Um, if you go to that record, you can see that there is a fee, but it's not me that's paying it, so I, I assume that it's them, but I've not seen that advertised anywhere uh, in, their, in their, their support material. And I've also seen an issue where occasionally, if I'm using it uh, for transfers, and I do it a lot, um, it will ask me to pay a gas fee in Ethereum, which is like, that doesn't make sense because I'm not using Ethereum, I'm using Polygon. Um, I, I started searching around about that issue, and I saw that other people on Twitter and Reddit were reporting it also. So I've seen it, I've seen it come up maybe like three or four times. If you ever try to, to use Polygon for transfers, on OpenSea, and it's, it's asking you to pay in Ethereum, and it's asking you to pay like a high price in Ethereum. Just reject it. Um, come back later, try it again, and it, it should be cleared up. It's it's so buggy, but it's like it's still it's still one of the better platforms, and it's just got the user base. Uh, everybody knows it; they know how it works, and it would be great if they can fix it. Hundred <laughs> percent, but it, it's still the cleanest platform. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the most sleek, it's the sexiest. It's very easy to navigate. It's yeah. I find it quite beautiful. But again, yeah. just the fact that it crashes like literally at least yeah. by daily is 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 pretty absurd. Um, have you ever dabbled on LooksRare? Uh, I looked at it. This is the one that's sort of like a clone of them, right? And they gave out like a airdrop. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. if you if you if you purchase NFTs on OpenSea, then you you hundred percent got a. Uh, a looks 
token airdrop. I checked and because I I've actually sold more than I've bought. So I think in oh, that see, in that one I didn't well, I hadn't m- earned. Must be nice, Tim. Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm so sorry. Um, but it's like I hadn't earned enough in whatever the the metric that they were using was, and that which is too bad. But I did. I did get um, that SOS. What was that one called? The o- yeah. open yeah. open yeah. DAO or SOS. something. Yeah, yep. yeah. I did that. Get that. Uh, I got like maybe two hundred dollars worth of it on on Christmas from that airdrop. But I think it's it's kind of. The, the value has dropped, but maybe it will go back up. Yeah, yeah. I, I snagged some SOS too. The, the nicest airdrop I've ever received, token wise. And uh, heck, I'd love if some company, if whoever's out there listening, would top this. But the ENS airdrop was bananas. Did you did you get any of that? I I've, I've still not picked up an ENS um, name yet. I, I, I've thought about it a long time, and I just haven't landed on the name for, yet for me yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about? Uh, well, heck, I'd, I'd be, I'd definitely be getting, uh, I'd be getting Lost Books or yeah. Tim Boucher if if we have sure, a, a sure, savvy sure. listener. If we have a savvy listener, by the time this airs, you never know, we might snag them both, and then we'll just send you a quick little email. Hey, Tim, wakey, wakey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, it's, it's no, you're right, but I, I, I'm kind of a person that I'm, I end up sort of rotating projects, and I, I sort of change project names a lot. So, of course, my my own personal name that never changes. I'm not, I'm not planning to to legally change my name or anything, but maybe yeah. I should pick it up. <laughs> yeah. You pull like a meta uh, uh, Ron Artest, go to Meta World Peace. You do like a Tim Lost Books. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, quick, yeah. We, we got to take a quick break, sure. Tim, and give a huge shout out to our sponsor of the show. That is Prime XBT. Incredible partners to CryptoNews.com and longtime friends. I absolutely love them. I've been using them for the last couple of months as they offer a robust trading system for both beginners and professional traders that demand highly reliable market data and performance. It doesn't matter if you are a rookie or a vet, you can easily design and customize layouts and widgets to best fit your trading style. One of the best parts is Prime XBT is running an exclusive promo for listeners of the Crypto News podcast. After making your first deposit, 50%, that is 5-0% of that first deposit will be credited to your account as a bonus that can be used as additional collateral to open positions. This promotion is available for a month after activation and will be the boost you need to get the hang of trading quickly and efficiently. The promo code is CryptoNews50, that is CryptoNews50, all one word, to take advantage of this offer. CryptoNews50 to receive 50% of your deposit credited to your trading account. And now back to the show with Tim. Another really interesting thing that you've done, and you know, I know we haven't been super close and in touch since since our last pod about you know nine months ago but I've still been following you and uh, I'm not saying I'm some crazy lurk and watching your every move <laughs> but I do have a lot to you know you do have a lot to offer and uh, and I have learned a lot from you and one of the things that I love the most is how you have really hammered down those value added products like bundles or box sets now Everyone always talks about that in marketing and in sales, how, you know, and, and in e-commerce is a great example of this. As soon as you're on the checkout page, you always have that extra add-on or whenever you're at a store like yep. Winners or Marshalls, you walk through and you have that beautiful aisle with, you know, all the, the treats and the popcorn and the coffee mugs and the candles and everything else in there. It's just, oh, one, how can we squeeze that last little bit out of you? Now, right. I'm not saying that's what you're doing. However, <laughs> that is sort of the you know the fundamental human psychology of bundles yeah. and box sets. And I'd love if you could explain how you really hammer away at those value added products. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's what makes people excited. It, it what makes people go from just being like, oh, well, that's cool, to being like, oh, I need that right now. You know, like, um, and it's just just thinking about like whatever you can do to add extra value into whatever you're offering. You know, and I think like authors are not accustomed to thinking about that because an author is like, well, I've got my book, here it is. You know, like, and then well, what's the what's the next level after that? And that's why NFTs are cool and kind of this, this tactic of using Gumroad to deliver files is that like, okay, you've got your actual NFT and that might be a piece of art, it could be a video, it could be whatever, but then using this, this system of unlockable content, you can start to deliver uh, add-ons that increase the value of, of whatever you're offering. So like, it could be the ebook is one of the, the, the files that you deliver, but then you have a second code that's, you know, Maybe you've got a music album, or maybe you've got you know some painting, or maybe you've got you know it could be anything. Um, but then you just start to like stack those up uh, and and add them, and you can kind of like mix and match different ones that go with different products. Um, I try to think a lot about like, well, what is the world of the book that I'm that I'm offering in this? You know, like what are the themes? What are the characters? You know, what's sort of the style of language? And then I, I sort of like use that to invent secondary artifacts, you know, that kind of fit into my personal like metaverse, um, my narrative, my characters, you know, the world building, all of that stuff. And there's just so many ways to do it. And I think, you know, authors will be challenged at first by coming up with these other, these other things, but eventually they're going to be like, well, I can throw all this extra material that I have. Cause when you, when you do a creative process, you always end up with sort of like, the extra stuff that got cut, you know, like whatever, whatever your, your media, your medium is, um, you've always got that. So it's a way for you to start getting some extra value returned to you for that too. It is. It's such a nice way to just sort of sweeten the offer a little bit. And of course, give value, not just, you know, rinse the customer. Like we often see in e-commerce where it's, right. you know, the, the, the highest margin, um, and not cheap, but really just the highest margin product is added at that last one-click page before the checkout. So, um, yeah, for all those authors at home who are thinking of launching a book as an NFT to to get rid of the whole traditional publishing route, it's really really thoughtful and uh, love that. Tim, I'm also very curious about airdrops. Now, yeah. I know that you're a big fan of airdrops on Polygon. Um, the most common airdrop is usually on the Ethereum network. But again, we discussed the pros and cons of using Polygon over Ethereum. The biggest yep. one, and, and probably really the only one for that matter, is the gas fees, unless you are a chiseled vet and got into ETH you know, back in 2017. Unless you're sitting on a big bag of ETH, it's really just, it chips away at you so quickly. Yep. Um, and Polygon is way more efficient. So I'd love if you could just sort of let me know and, and let our listeners know how to run airdrops on Polygon using OpenSea. Yep. So really... This is the other biggest thing that I learned in the last year uh, as a creator um, using OpenSea is that, you know, at first I was I was trying to sell my books on, on OpenSea and I, I did sell a few and, and I sold them for like much higher unit price uh, than what you're going to get for a regular book because of of all the value added stuff. Um, but what I found with NFTs is that most of the time, the people that buy NFTs from you are people that already know you and already know your work. So if you've got a big audience already built up, you're going to probably do well. But if you haven't and you start out by, okay, I'm going to make a ton of money by selling you know, like 10 NFTs, it, it could be tough. Um, 
So airdrops basically solve that problem and then give you a bunch of other extra bonuses on top of it because, well, first of all, airdrops are just like a crypto word for giveaways. Um, and a lot of times airdrops are more for like um, coins or tokens that are, you know, it's like someone is trying to get you to put value into their system of their blockchain, their coin, whatever, you know, whatever they're doing. Um, so that people start to use it and transact with it, and and NFTs can be done as airdrops too. It's not it's not too different. It's it's the same idea. You're giving out value with the idea that other people are going to start valuing it once they have it. Um, so there are huge airdrop communities on basically every social platform that's out there. Um, I use especially Reddit. I really like Reddit just because it's. I just find that it's still fun compared to some other platforms that are have become less fun over time. Um, it's still very, very authentic. So yeah, authentic. Every, yeah. everyone's in true selves, messing yep. around, having a blast. You know, and, and they're sorry, not just going there. people. Just aren't just yelling at each other, which I feel sometimes Twitter becomes, um, and I'm guilty of too. I'm sure, but Reddit is is really great for this. I use Medium a lot because I've I've got a lot of followers on Medium, and there's a really good crypto audience on Medium. Actually, um, you know, basically I'll, I'll go and I'll post like a description of what my NFT is that I'm giving away as an airdrop. And it's on Polygon, and people give me their wallet address, and then I go to OpenSea and I, I hit the transfer button, and I, and I send it to their wallet, and they get it right away. Um, OpenSea, I guess, had an issue with airdrops last year, late last year. I read that there was so much spam that people were um, getting airdrops that they never asked for. So now there's like a hidden tab in your profile that if you go to that hidden tab, you can see airdrops that you've gotten. And you can unhide them if you want to show them publicly. Um, and hold so, up, Tim, yeah. I got to jump in here. Yeah. Listeners at home, that is the quickest way to get your whole account drained. Unless you are positive that that hidden NFT airdrop is legit, do not click on it. Now, if you click on it once, you're usually fine, but two clicks, meaning you click on it once and that will bring up the NFT, right? It's not, it's no longer on your hidden page. It still is, but I mean, you're on that. Singular page now literally can be one more click in your whole MetaMask gets wiped. So be super careful. They have programs and bugs and bots embedded into the picture, embedded into the buttons, and just be careful because I do not want to be the reason why you lost, you know, <laughs> four, five, six, or seven figures worth of NFTs because yeah. you heard on the Crypto News Pod. And back to you, Tim. No, it's it's a good idea to to not accept gifts that you don't know what they are. Uh, or who they're from <laughs> in life. I think that's that can be a that can be a rule for safety in general, um, unless you can no, spend no some such time thing as a free it. lunch. Yeah, um, but I don't I don't just send them to random people. You know, I, I first I post a, a, a post somewhere saying I've got this NFT. Does anybody want it? You know, um, and then people give me their wallet address, and then I reply and I, I send them you know the link to the NFT or if there's any other information. And uh, I tell them in that the reply, like you know, make sure to to download the ebook, you know, check out the extra products, whatever. Um, and it's just been really great. Like the airdrop communities are super excited. Like everybody is really pumped to get free stuff. And I think like we were talking before about the SOS airdrop. Like some of them end up being worth money. So it's like, of course, people are excited because like it's it could be something that's you know it's not just a file. It, it could be something that becomes like. Really important or, or fun or valuable for them, and especially if you're doing like this sort of uh, extras value added box set type stuff, and it could be something that they end up getting into. Like with me as an author, I've I've done tons. I've I've sent out maybe like 800 or more 
uh, airdrops. And on the ones that were the 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 better quality ones, because some of them I kind of made some experiments that that weren't too successful. But once I, I honed my approach, I've been seeing um, like really amazing conversion rates from people who basically like randomly get um, an airdrop from me via social media, and then they click through the unlockable content, they check out the product on Gumroad, and then they use the you know the free download code. I've had like thirteen percent conversion as a as a pretty consistent. Um, amount across the board once I kind of got my system working for me. So that's been amazing because like I've I've seen like you know on Google ads or something like that where you know you're having to pay for every uh, impression that you get or every conversion that you make and sometimes you might get one or two percent and sometimes a conversion could cost you three dollars, five dollars, you know, more. So basically, this is a way to get people excited about your stuff, learn about who you are, who, what your products are, and then not only that, they can turn around and try to resell it. You know, and and that's exciting for people because I've had people like resell um, airdrops that I sent them. You know, like I sent them something that it cost me nothing to make, um, it cost me nothing to transfer it to them, it cost them nothing to get, and then they turn around, and they sell it for like a hundred bucks, and I get ten percent of that automatically through. Uh, the creator royalties set up on OpenSea, and that's amazing because, like, normally you have to pay for promotion. You know, you're not getting paid when you promote stuff. So, like, to me, this is like such a groundbreaking idea that there there must be ways that you can do it even better. You know, like with with better targeting, finding um, the right audience, people who are interested in your genre or you know whatever product it is that you're delivering. And well, the I just sky's the limit. Yeah, there's just so much opportunity, um, and it's it's awesome right now because like big publishing companies, they just they have no idea. So like, I think like people who are creative, who are dedicated, who spend a lot of time like really working out the kinks of their their delivery system, their their you know their personal platform, um, you could really make an end run around I think the competition before those big houses even even wake up and, and realize that like. Oh, this guy just made like a ton of money off of NFT books, and what are we doing? Like losing money on regular books, you know? <laughs> no, that's that's very well said. And I, I just want to clarify one thing about airdrops. There's really two different ways. The most common airdrop being a Ethereum airdrop, and again, mind you, Tim is mostly talking about Polygon, but we'll start with ETH. When you start with an Ethereum airdrop, there is the way when you literally plop the tokens into someone's address. If anyone has your Ethereum address, they can send you any shit coin, any good coin, whatever the case may be. Right. They can't take things from you, but they can send you anything. So if someone wants to give you a present that actually has value, you don't have a choice. That present goes into your wallet. The most common way is usually something that's sort of, I wouldn't really call it a mint, but it, it's sort of like a mint. Whereas you would have to go on, you know, let's say Tim's website, Lost Books, and you would connect your Ethereum address, and then there would be, you know, a button that says, "Oh, based on this Ethereum address, you are eligible to receive X amount of Lost Book tokens." And that is sort of the most common. And the reason behind that is because a lot of these companies who are giving away free gifts, they don't want to have to pay twenty to a hundred bucks every single time they give you a gift as well. You know, they're like, "Hey, if we're going to give you a couple hundred bucks and a free gift, you can at least come to our website and spend the gas on it yourself." Um, and Tim is referring to Polygon, also known as Matic, where you're paying next to nothing. And then again, that's the biggest value prop of doing it that way. Yeah, and just just to clarify, like I'm not actually giving away um, airdrop 
coins on my website, so don't go to don't go to my website and try to connect MetaMask because it will never connect. Instead, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just do this on social media. Like I said, I, I put up a post that says it just describes the NFTs that I want to give away. Um, usually, I create between. 10 or 100 uh, multiples of, of an, an addition for a given NFT. Um, so there's not too many. There's not, a, there's not a million of them floating around. And then I just, I just give those out, on, especially on Reddit. Like I found such success in the, in the subreddits that are devoted to this. Um, if you cross-post uh, into a bunch of those, usually like within an hour or two, like I can get between like 50 or 100 wallet addresses and it will just like I can just like send out my whole supply of a new NFT like really easily. One thing that's annoying if you are sending out a big volume of NFTs using this method is that you have to do them individually, uh, manually in OpenSea. And like we said before, there's sometimes a lot of bugs that can come up. But just be patient. It gets annoying, but it's it's such a valuable thing to experiment with and and learn and and see how it all works. Um, that I think you'll be rewarded despite sort of the technical hiccups you might hit there. Hey, well said. We have been hammered away on all the positives and solutions. And mind you, on the Crypto News Pod, that is normally what we're about. We're not a, a negative Nancy podcast. Um, but there are some tech problems that still need to be solved with NFT books. And, and you know, instead of going the traditional publishing route, taking that to the public, to the consumers, to your community via NFTs. The main three being file hosting, the ebook reader software compatibility and linking files to owner wallets. Now I'm aware of these, but I am no chiseled vet like you are. So the floor is yours. Tell me about these tech problems that we're still facing. Yeah, so we talked about the first one about file hosting a bit. I think already with with Gumroad and the fact that OpenSea doesn't allow you to upload the ebook file directly. So when you upload a file as part of your NFT, it's got to be like an image or uh, a video. I think you could do 3D models. There's a few other formats. Um, but it's a, it's a bit limited there, and that's that's a little bit annoying. Um, I think there are some people who are who are experimenting, trying to solve this problem with making their own NFT platforms. I haven't really checked them out too much, but maybe they've made some progress there. Um, I think for me, for now, I'm I'm okay with like a good enough solution, which I think that Gumroad is is kind of more than good enough because I also get the other benefit that I can use it. Both as a shopping cart, you know, conventionally, and I can use it for download codes and stuff like that. Um, but there's also um, in OpenSea, you might see something called um, freezing your metadata, which your metadata is like your image and your other text description uh, about your NFT. And when you freeze the metadata, is it stores it and distributes it on IPFS, which is like a next generation sort of distributed file hosting system. And I think this could be good for some people with maybe more advanced use cases. Um, for me, every time I've tried to do that, I end up always realizing immediately after that I screwed up my metadata and now I can't edit it anymore. So if you're just getting started, I don't really recommend that. Um, I think also for blockchain purists, um, some people are going to be maybe finding it not the best solution to have uh, your actual files that you're delivering being hosted off-chain. Um, like I'm doing with Gumroad, um, is there's a lot of kind of like unknown variables that that could crop up into that. And if you're doing like a huge volume or maybe like a massive like generative art piece or something, that's not going to maybe be your best solution. But 
like I said, it's good enough for me for now. Um, the next issue we talked about was sort of like the ebook compatibility um, with the reading software. Um, you know, as you know, like Amazon is is kind of like in charge a lot of times of the the ebook market because of Kindle. Even though there's a lot of other options uh, and, and formats out there, um, there's an issue too with so you have your files which you know are linked to or connected somehow to your NFT, um, and then you have the wallet address. The wallet address is the owner of the NFT and theoretically of the files. Um, there's an issue that how do you restrict access to the files to only the owner of the wallet address, the person who owns the NFT? And the way that I solved that is like a little bit hacky by using this system of download codes because like technically someone who's the owner of the file or of the NFT could take my download code and they could give it to their friend and they could give it to their friend and so on. Um, and because the download codes are not linked to the specific uh, wallet address, who is the owner, um, that's kind of a that's kind of a flaw in the the current technology as it is. And one way that people have tried to solve that that I've seen is they use basically like a web browser based um, ebook reader. There are different ones out there. I forget the names offhand, but. You know that might work for some people to read an ebook in their their browser. Um, I would really prefer to be able to give people the file and then just let them use it on any device, any application that they want that they're already familiar with. You know, like I don't want people for to sure. have to like yeah. to also adapt to a completely new system because they bought my thing. I, I feel like there's something a little bit unfair about that by asking people to go like too far. You know, um, <clears throat> so. That's why I've kind of chosen this compromise system um, to get around some of those issues and just to give people the files. And I always think of it as like, if I get into the situation where people are sharing my download codes or they're sharing the ebook files directly because it's not you know, tied strictly to one wallet address, that's kind of an okay problem for me because it means like my work's getting out there, it's getting read, people are talking about it, they're sharing it with their friends. So... I don't know. I don't think it's that's the worst, but I think depending on the nature of the project that you're doing, you might need to find ways to solve those technical issues. And I think we'll see probably a lot more innovation over the coming year or two um, as these other small platforms come online and, and try to solve them. So, hundred percent. Well, Tim, this has been an absolute treat. A um, couple more questions before we wrap up here, and we're getting short for time. Let's take a step. And uh, let's take a step into the hot take factory. Let's get our, our our big boy and big girl boots on here. What is something that you know that maybe only Tim believes in that no one else does? You have any hot takes in crypto, life, food, oh boy. whatever you name it? Give, give me a give me a good Tim hot take here. Hmm. I've, I mean, this is not really crypto, but you know, there's all this this kind of talk lately about like Spotify and and. And kind of the level of controls that platforms should have over over content, um, it's made me get back into CDs. <laughs> you Come know, like I, I, I I'm a, I maybe a little bit like of the generation too, where that's I grew up. You know, like CDs as a teenager were awesome, and now I'm I'm getting older. I'm like, you know what? They were awesome, and now I've got like a growing collection, and I've been looking at um, like 
disc changers. I, I saw that you can get um, 300 disc changers. They're, they're vintage. They're from Sony, I think. But I'm not sure I'm ready to take that step because I can't find one for a good price. But I think that there's, there's kind of going to be this nostalgia for some of these older formats. And I think that it can just be fun just as a user, but it could be fun as a creator too to like think about like how could you go back and incorporate like cassette tapes or just like you know like all this old stuff like print zines um, and include that as part of your NFT. You know, like combine the old and the new. I think that could be really fun. Some real world utility. You gotta love it. Any any crazy price predictions or projects that you're very bullish on? Ah, uh, everything is so down right now. I almost feel like. Superstitious about saying that something is going to be up because I don't want to get my hopes up. I just want to like put my head down and wait <laughs> until things go back up, you know. So I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not like following anything right now too closely. I had a period where um, I was getting into sort of like the long tail um, Inu uh, coins, but everything is tanked and and all that stuff that I bought. It's like it's the value is half or less right now. So. I'm just I'm yeah. just taking a step back and playing it cool with that. Hundred percent. Well, Tim, this has been a treat as always. Really appreciate you coming on, and uh, yeah. always nice to have a fellow Canadian on the show. Um, before we let you go, can you please let our listeners know where they, where they can find you and Lost Books and all of your sure. other endeavors online and on socials? Yeah, um, you can go to lostbooks.ca. That's just the main website. Um, and that's got links to all of my different books that I've done over the last couple of years. It's got regular versions uh, for in print and ebook, and it's got links to the NFTs. Um, and then also, if you go to lostbooks.ca/slash/cryptonews, that's a shortcut that will take you directly to uh, an ebook that I just published that kind of summarizes all of this stuff about. Um, how to do an NFT, how to, how to do an airdrop as an author, um, kind of what to look out for if you're going to pick a different platform, uh, all that stuff. And then also I, I publish on Medium a lot. Um, and I, like I said, I publish a lot of airdrops there. If, if people are interested, um, you can follow me at lostbooks.medium.com. Um, also, if, if people want to email me through lostbooks.ca, there's a contact form um, just to say hi. Send me your wallet address and I'll send you an example of whatever my latest NFT airdrop is. You can check out sort of the system yourself of how it works and if you think it's cool or if you think there's something that you could improve on in your own work. Tim, you're the man. Appreciate you coming on. Thank um, you so much. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you know, nine to 12 months ago and when, when I said look forward to round two, I there was dead ass and there was no BS there and I'm looking forward to round three. So maybe yeah, thank we'll just you. keep setting the clock for like every nine, 10 months. Um, cool, yeah. I'll send, you, I'll send you a calendar invite for December and I'll see you then. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks so much. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Tim. Folks, great episode of the Crypto News Podcast with Tim Boucher from Lost Books. Super cool concept. So those big publishers out there, get your popcorn ready. Things are going to stop going your way. We are giving power back to the people. And Tim Boucher is one of the guys heading that movement. Super cool to hear about the use cases of books and NFTs. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, and I really hope you did, it would mean the world to my team and I if you could subscribe and give us a nice fat five-star rating on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all of the other podcast providers. To the team, love you guys. Couldn't be doing it without you. And to the listeners, you're the best. Appreciate you more than ever. And keep on staying healthy, wealthy, and happy. And keep on growing those bags. Bye for now and talk soon.